to you this morning. It's great to have you here at Grace Church. This is a very special day as we honor the important and the very critical work of a father. And I also uh, I want to take just a moment this morning to extend a very special welcome to those who are watching on Facebook Live right now. We have people watching live right now on Facebook. We have actually done this for a couple weeks now, and uh, this is so cool. Last week we had people watching in Texas and California. We had some people watching right here in Colorado. We even had some people watching from Arizona. So I want to say thanks for tuning in. We welcome you, and we have been praying that God speaks to you through this message this morning. You know, as I was reading my Bible, I came across this verse in 1 John chapter 3, in verse 1. 1 John chapter 3, in verse 1, and it says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. Such an incredible, incredible verse. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. The Apostle John reminds us about the great lavishing love God the Father has poured out on us. And through Jesus Christ, we can be called children of God. God the Father has poured out such great love on us. And as I read this verse, it makes me think about my role as a father. Because I too, like God, am a father. And not to be too cheesy this morning, but I love being a dad. I love it. It's never paid well. Have you guys noticed that? (laughs) Being a dad has never paid that well. The hours are illegally long sometimes. It's turning my hair gray. It's made my hair fall out. And from the looks of it, it's made some of your hair fall out as well. But I have been greatly blessed because I love the job of being a dad. And for the next few minutes, I want to tell you why I love being a dad. And I want to encourage you as fathers. I want to encourage you as mothers alike. I want to encourage you as parents. Many of you veterans here at Grace, you know my story. I grew up in a loving, nurturing family. My dad was not afraid to give me a warm embrace. He was not afraid to say the words, I love you. He was and still is a shining example of what it means to be a good father. So when four little boys named Rylan, Isaac, Cody, and Caden came into my life, My heart was captivated with love for them. I wanted to love them the way that I had been loved. I wanted to love them with this great love, and I still do. You know, I realize that many of us, many of you, you didn't grow up with that kind of experience. Father's Day can probably be very difficult for many of us. You didn't grow up hearing the words, I love you. You never knew the warm embrace of a father. Your experience of a father has been maybe non-existent. Or maybe even, maybe it's been a poor or an awful experience. 
But most dads who desire and commit to show up for their families, for their kids, they will soon discover that early on, God will multiply the capacity of your love. He will show you what it looks like to love. You can learn from God the Father on what it means, what it looks like, how to do it. Regardless of how little or how much love came your way from your parents, God supernaturally enables every dad to overflow with this lavishing kind of love. For every kid, for every child that is entrusted to him. So much so that we dads, we often lack the language to express the depths of our feelings. The depth of our love for our sons and for our daughters. Sometimes we struggle to put it into language or to put it into words. When our boys were just babies, Trisha and I would simply watch them, you know, rolling on the ground and grabbing their toes and making the funniest sounds and It would provide entertainment for hours for us, just watching our little babies. And when I see one of my boys walking from a distance, and I, I can tell who they are by the way that they walk, because I've been watching them since they've been a little baby. I've been watching them closely. I can tell who they are from a distance by the way that they walk. When they show good sportsmanship or when they hit a home run or when they show kindness to another human being, it makes my heart burst with pride. When they make mistakes or when they make wrong choices, I'm constantly thinking about how to coach them through it, how to encourage them, how to correct them, how to make them stronger in their character. Parents, you know these feelings. I mean, this is nothing new. I'm not telling you as parents anything that you haven't experienced. You can relate. You see, God expands our hearts. He multiplies the love that we have for our children. And I have yet to experience this. But I've been told that the love of a grandparent is even deeper. It's wider. It's even stronger. And I honestly, I don't know how this can be, but this is what I've been told. I don't have to teach you about the incredible love of a father or a mother, but what I want us to do this morning is I want us to zoom in on one word. And it was the word, it was the very first word that I read in 1 John chapter 3, in verse 1, and it's the word see, S-E-E. Other versions say look, other versions say behold, how very much our Father loves us. There is great evidence. There are things that we can point to. You can see it. You can see how much God the Father loves you. And so it should be with us as early fathers, as, as earthly fathers, rather. You should be able to see it. There should be great evidence as to our love for our family. See what great love the Father has lavished on us. Can you see it? It's all around us. Can you see it? Let's, for just a few moments, let's consider the love of God the Father. I want to ask everyone right now to just take a big, deep breath. All right? Let's take a big, deep breath. Relax a little bit. (sighs) 
That's the love of the Father. After the service today, those of you that have young children, just just take that child and look into her face, look into his face. That's the love of the Father. Did you see the amazing sunset last night? Okay, it was off the charts. Incredible. That's the love of the Father. After the service this morning, when you walk out, take a look at the majestic mountains that we live in. You are so spoiled, okay? You people right here, you are so spoiled to live in such a beautiful place. That's the love of the Father. God came to earth in the form of Jesus Christ. Jesus willingly chose to leave the comforts of heaven and to enter the battlefield called earth. That is the love of the Father. Jesus didn't ride in on his high horse either. He didn't come to be served. He came to serve. That is the love of the Father. Jesus gave his life so you could be set free from your brokenness, set free from shame and guilt and fear. Jesus hung on a cross. He gave his life so that you could live, so that I could live. That is the love of the Father. But the greatest news of all is after three days of being dead, Jesus came back to life. That is the love of the Father. And when you believe in and when you walk in that truth that Jesus died and that he came back to life, you are a child of God. See, behold, look. The love of the Father is all around us. You see, our enemy... He does a masterful job of painting a completely different picture. He paints a picture that God is he's against you. He's out to get you. And it couldn't be farther from the truth. What, what about your role as a father? Could it be said, see and look, behold the love of you, dad? Not only do some of us have a hard time putting our love into words, but... Many of us often struggle putting our love into action. See, look, behold. How can we live our lives in such a way that people see it? It's evidence. There's evidence. There's proof. You can point to it. Is there great evidence of your love? Or is there just great evidence of your judgment and your critical spirit? Is there great evidence of your love? Let's answer this question. How do we put the C, S-E-E, back in me? How do we put it back in you? Let me say it a different way. If you were to be judged by the way you love, would you be found guilty? A couple thoughts I want to share on this idea of seeing love in your life and why I love being a dad. But first, let's start by, by saying this. The act of serving... Remember, we're talking about a serving culture throughout this series. The act of serving is at the root of it all. The evidence of your love will be non-existent if you are unwilling to serve. 
What I'm trying to teach you is that all of us can serve. This is something everyone can do. Everyone can serve. Serving is the highest level of living. When we spend ourselves on behalf of others, we gain the sort of fulfillment that cannot be bought with money. It cannot be satisfied with stuff. Serving is something everyone can do. And being willing to serve others, being willing to spend your life on behalf of others, it can transform your family. It can transform your business. It can transform your church. It can transform your life. It's what Jesus came to do. He came to serve. First point is this. I I hope you're taking some notes because I think these are some really good points this morning, all right? So I hope you are taking notes. To be able to see love in your life, you need to expand the scope of your interests. To be able to see love in your life, you need to expand the scope of your interests. Look at Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. The Apostle Paul says it so clearly. He says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress other people. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Verse 4, don't look only for your own interests, but take an interest in others as well. You know, left to myself, my, my bandwidth of interests would be confined to what I think is interesting. Like that makes sense, right? Why would I ever take interest in something that's not interesting to me? Dad, you, you, you know what it's like. You know what it's like when your little girl comes up to you and says, Hey, Dad, can we, can we play tea time? You know? Dad, can you help me with my dance recital? It's not so interesting to you, but it's interesting to her. Last year, my oldest son, Ryland, started running cross country. And I know nothing about running, as if you couldn't tell, all right? I know nothing about running. I have very little interest in running. Actually, my coaching advice to Ryland was, hey, make sure you put one foot in front of the other and make sure you breathe, okay? That was about the extent of my coaching because I know nothing about it. Ryland had a meet over in Cortez and... I was taking some pictures of him while he was running and he was about halfway through the course and my plan was I was going to get some pictures, I was going to cut across the course and I was going to get to the finish line and take some pictures of him as he crossed the finish line. You can probably already guess what happened. I cut across the course and he still beat me to the finish line. I wasn't able to get any pictures of him. I have three other boys who who love to play the game of baseball. I didn't grow up playing baseball. A couple years ago, I was asked to coach one of their teams, and it, honestly, it made me really nervous. And I can't tell you how many YouTube videos I watched on the game of baseball and the techniques behind it and how to, how to coach it. And I did the best I could. And last week, Isaac's team, they, they brought in a guy that played AAA baseball, and he knows the game inside and out. He's been working with the boys and teaching them the right way to play and the right techniques. And after every practice, Isaac would come home and he said, Dad, everything you've taught me about baseball is wrong. (laughs) (laughs) You've been telling me how to bat wrong and how to throw wrong. And 
I responded by saying, well, Isaac, show me the right way to do it. Like, show me how to do it the, the correct way. And he would go on to show me how to throw properly, how to swing. And I responded by saying, that's what I meant. All right? That's what I meant. But as I increase my interest in what's interesting to them, it builds our bond as father and son. When you are willing to serve your family in that way, you're willing to look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others, of your family. It it expands the scope of your interests and it deepens relationships. But there's this funny thing called flesh. And I don't know about you, but I battle with it every single day. I battle with that. Man, I, I just want to do what I want to do. I don't want to serve. I, I don't want to spend myself on behalf of others. I just want to do what I want to do. But man, when we can rise above that, when we can, through the power of Christ, overcome the flesh, and we can serve our family in this way, it will draw you closer as a family. Second way that you can live out your love so it's visible is to instill character values, okay? Character traits that are important into your kids' lives. To be intentional about what values you're putting into your children. Now hang with me. This is going to take a few moments to unpack, but let me ask you, Dad, Mom, what happened inside of you the first time your kid really messed up? You know, the first time your son or your daughter just outright lied to you. Or maybe they disrespected a teacher. Or maybe they showed great defiance to mom or, or to yourself. Like, what was that feeling inside of you? Were, you? were you shocked by it? Were you surprised? Some of us were probably like, nope, wasn't shocked at all, you know. Kind of expected it. But most of us are taken aback because... Truth matters to us. Respect matters to you. Truth-telling, trust, integrity. Like these character traits and other traits like these are important to you. Because we know that it will affect their future. It will affect future relationships. It will affect their marriage. It will affect vocation opportunities. It's going to affect every way of life. And we know that it matters to God. Having strong character will play into every area of life. And you begin to realize more and more. I know I did. Becoming a father, like I knew it in my head. I knew these values were important to me. But I can say as I've lived out being a dad, it's become more and more important about what I believe and what values I have, and what values I'm passing on. I have realized more and more that speaking the truth, respecting others, building trust, letting your yes be yes, and your no, no. Like these are core values to me. And that is why I'm going to train my boys to tell the truth going to train them. 
And when you discipline your kids to build these character traits, it underscores these values in you. It highlights them. It reminds you of why they're important. It's a good thing, church. One of the things that my dad would never let any of us, myself or my siblings, do was disrespect mom. My mom and dad were a united front when it came to parenting. You know, I would try the little tricks of uh, asking dad. He'd say no, and so I'd go to mom and try to get her to say yes. But they were a united front. They supported each other. And when mom told me to do something or when she had to correct me, she had the authority of dad backing her up. And this was one of my dad's deepest values. It's something that I've tried to pass on to my own family. This deep value in my dad, it it brought greater appreciation for my mom. It added value to the role of women in my life. Instead of overlooking or ignoring or tuning out, instead I listened, I, I understood, I learned. You know, one of the key responsibilities as dads is to train and to discipline our kids and as valuable as, as that training is to our kids, when we discipline them, it underscores, it reminds us about what we believe. We better understand. We better understand and it underscores our values for what we believe. It helps remind us about, man, what I would take a bullet for. It reinforces those values in us. And honestly, it makes us better men. Hebrews 12.11 says, No discipline seems pleasant at the time. Right? I mean, who likes discipline? No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. But later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained in it. I mean, what a beautiful thing it is for a father to be used by God to train up his children in the right values. And let me say something, Dad. If you're not going to train them up in the right values, the world will. They'll be happy. The world will be happy to step in and take your place anytime. And you don't want that. What a privilege. What a privilege it is to be a dad. Third way that you can live out love so it's visible is to deepen your relationship with God. You remember that time you held your son or your daughter for the very first time? Every dad I know, I don't care how spiritually strong or weak you are, every dad I know that holds that little life for the first time says, oh God, oh God, help me to get this right. Help me to get this right. As children begin to to grow, we pray for patience. You know, when they are crying for hours in the middle of the night, we pray for wisdom to know how to discipline them. We, We pray for guidance as they discover their abilities and their interests. We pray for their safety when they start driving our cars. 
Now that Ryland is driving, I'm praying for the safety of every other driver on the road. We pray for sanity as they begin the dating process. We'll pray for money, you know, when they go off to college. The job of a dad drives you to your knees again and again and again. For me personally, being a father has deepened my relationship with God. And let me just be extremely honest with you. My most sincere, heartfelt prayers have been for my boys. I love you, church. I really do. And I pray for you all the time. But my most honest, heartfelt, sincere prayers have been for my boys. I'm not going to get up here and lie to you. Dads, let me, let me just say that the best way that you can serve your family is to be on your knees praying for them. Praying for them. You see, serving is at the root of it all. Being a dad has deepened my relationship with God because I have to rely on His strength to be in a living example. I can't do it in and of myself. I have to rely on God's strength. I have to rely on His power to, to walk the talk. And I have prayed over and over that I would live the kind of life that my boys would want to follow, that my boys would not want to rebel against. And I never want my boys to think of me as a fake. Along with this, I have needed the power of God to work up the courage to apologize to my boys when I set a poor example or when I made mistakes when I said words that I wish I could take back, when I acted out in ways that were not right. Sometimes the most difficult, but the the most important two words that you can say are, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you had to see that. I'm sorry that you had to hear that. I'm sorry that you saw me act in such a way. I'm terribly terribly sorry would you forgive me my final thought on how to bring back the c okay the s e e in our lives is to or to live out our love so it's visible is to remember how the heavenly father has loved you you know many of us have lost our dads you're here this morning and your dad has passed away It's why the first part of Psalm 68 verse 5 is so important. It says that God will be a father to the fatherless. Many of you would give almost anything to have your father sitting next to you here this morning. To experience this Father's Day with you. I know others of us, we have dads who are still alive, but because of a family breakdown or alcoholism or a divorce or incarceration or because of health issues, you're essentially fatherless even though your dad is alive. And you know, it might even be harder than those who have lost their dads. Your dad is technically still here, but you don't interact with them. There's no relationship 
Can I just remind us, church, that the God of the Scriptures is never portrayed as some distant, unapproachable, cosmic force of some kind. But rather, He is portrayed as a close, easily approachable, easily accessible, unconditionally loving being. And often, to help us wrap our minds around this, we are instructed in Scripture to think of God as an affectionate Father. When Jesus taught his followers how to pray, he said, start this way, our Father in heaven. The image of a strong, loving Father holding the hand of a little child has has always moved me. There's been times when my boys were little and we were at an intersection and there's cars flying by and there's danger all around. I don't wait for them to grab my hand. I I reach out and I grab theirs because I love them and I want to protect them and I want their future to be blessed. Isaiah 42, 6 says, I will hold you by the right hand and watch over you. Isaiah 41, 10 says, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. I want you to to take a look at this picture as we close. Do you think the child in that picture feels secure in the father's grip? You think that kid is confident That the Father is going to protect him? I think so. I think that little child is pretty confident that the Father is going to provide for him, is going to give him good counsel, is going to lead him into a good future. I think so because when your hand is in the hand of the Father, you have no worries. God has you. He loves you. And the text says, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. God says, I I got you, man. I got you by the hand. I, I will watch over you. I got this. You can trust me. It's always safe to trust the Lord. Now this morning, very reverently, all over the auditorium, those who are watching online, very reverently, with no applause, okay, I would like all the dads, granddads, and soon-to-be dads, I'm going to ask that you stand up this morning, okay, can you please stand up, and I just have some special words that I want to say to you, I, wanna, I wanted to talk to you eyeball to eyeball this morning. Dads, you carry a huge responsibility. And I get it. I carry the same responsibility. Most of us have demanding careers that that ask a lot of us, require a lot of us. You feel the pressure to provide for your family. I feel that pressure too. And, And sometimes it's just difficult to provide. Most of you want to get this fathering thing. You want to get it right. And I applaud you for that. 
But sometimes we have to remind ourselves, okay, catch this. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves that we are sons first. We are sons first, sons of our heavenly father. And we are fathers second. Let's look at that picture one more time. You're a son of God. Dads, this weekend I wanted to remind you, and grandfathers as well, that the Heavenly Father, He loves you. He loves you. He loves you with an unconditional, self-sacrificing, ferocious love. And as you allow the Heavenly Father to hold your hand, He will provide whatever is necessary for you to be an outstanding father. He will give you the wisdom you need. He will give you strength beyond your strength. He will give you the courage to do what you know you need to do. He will give you patience. He will give you perseverance. And with your hand in His hand, nothing can keep you back from being an outstanding father or an outstanding grandfather. I know there's some of us here this morning who, gosh, you feel like you are not a good example of a father. Maybe you feel like I'm I'm never going to be a a good example of what it means to be a dad or a good father. Man, would you please just listen? It, It... It only takes one decision to become a better dad. What's in your past, you you cannot change that, but you can decide today to shift it into another gear, to put your hand in the hand of God, and you can become an outstanding father. It's never too late to become an outstanding dad. So I encourage you, decide today. Decide. Make a decision. It starts with a decision. Decide right now to put your hand in the hand of the Heavenly Father. Before I pray this morning, let me just say one more thing. I know, I want everyone to know that many of the fathers standing right here this morning are some of the best fathers I know in the entire world. They're godly, they're self-sacrificing, they're, they're servant-oriented. They're incredible fathers. And what I think the rest of us should do, this is just, I think it's a good idea. I think we should cheer them on. I think we should clap for them. I think we should hoot and holler and whistle if you need to. But let's just uh, say, Dad's job well done. Keep up the good work this morning. Let's cheer them on this morning, all right? And uh, I also think that they should get blessed this morning with a root beer float. I think that's a good idea, huh? All right? So, Dad, stay standing. we got some root beer floats coming your way. All right? That sounds good to me. That sounds good to me. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to ask that everyone stand now this morning. And uh, let me just say... Just a couple more things. 
As you leave here this morning, dads, if you got lost, feel free to raise your hands. I know you won't miss out on a root beer float. I didn't doubt that. But as you leave here this morning, this is for, for everyone. In the lobby, we have some bottles of Zuberfizz root beer. And we want to just invite you to grab a bottle of root beer. But on each bottle is the name of a father in Grace Church. So each bottle has the name of a father. And what we're asking you to do is to grab a bottle of root beer and commit to pray for that dad. Commit to pray for that father. And here's what I want to encourage you to pray. Pray for God to bless them with strength and courage and with a determination to love well. Pray that the evidence of their love would be great. That people could say, see, look, behold. It's just, it's just all around in their life. So grab a bottle of root beer. Pray for that dad. That would be awesome. And with that said, and all of us standing, let me close in prayer.